Welcome to In Between. A couple of days ago, I was like uh, standing at the street. I was like standing somewhere and the rickshaw driver just had let me out on a place which was not exactly where I wanted to go. So I was standing there and I was checking on Google Maps and seeing that the place that I want, where I wanted to go, it was like 10 minutes away, some, some 8, 10 minutes away and I had to cross a big street. And then I kind of was standing there and suddenly Delhi felt again like the first time I saw it. Like, uh, I don't know, like in the first days back then when everything seemed so hostile and I didn't understand it and everything seemed so difficult. And I was standing there, I wanted to go there, but I didn't know how to cross the street or how to get where I wanted to get because it's one of these streets where there are cars and rickshaws and cycle rickshaws and people walking and people carrying stuff and carts and all kinds of things and I was like fuck I don't want to go now I find it too scary and I don't know it was so interesting how these feelings came back to me like the way I used to feel all the time when I just came to India many many years ago so then I decided to I saw that there was a metro station next to it and metros here are really big and they have like eight different exits and all the exits are around this huge metro station so I thought if I maybe depending on which exit I will take I might manage to cross the road this way so I was like uh, walking around in a metro and there's like so many different lines so many different boards which tell you which exits are where and what is where and I was just walking around there like really confused and I was also drawing so much attention because so many people were looking at me like this blonde the only blonde lady there what is she doing <laughs> she keeps walking in circles and uh, yeah eventually I I really managed to get to the place where I wanted to go but it's interesting how suddenly I don't know the street seemed in, incrossable I didn't want to talk to anyone there because also there's a bus terminal next to it and a lot of people just wanted to like sell me something or whatever and it was like I just was like oh god I don't want to talk to anyone I don't know how to cross I don't know how to deal with things here and yeah I haven't felt that for so long another thing that I think about is that a lot of friends I think are imagining Delhi to be like really gray and this big city and all which it definitely is as well but I actually was thinking that I would be missing green places and forests and nature a lot while I'm here but it's actually a lot less than I expected because Delhi is way more green than I remembered it there are so many parks and like every second day I managed to go through some parks and a lot of parks are not like well-maintained gardens they are more like jungles and it sometimes seems to me that the jungle that was once uh, covering whole Delhi now got kind of tamed and it got it got like forced back to sit in these small parks and small forests within the city and yeah in general I'm like so surprised how green it actually is. And another thing that people are asking me a lot is like uh, how has COVID affected India or like what differences do you feel regarding COVID since you came back to Delhi and I always find this question quite hard to answer because of course uh, everyone is wearing a mask also the where one has to wear a mask like the ideas about that are really different in Switzerland and in Delhi I realized because here people are wearing masks outside in the car when you're driving a scooter on your own or a bike always you have to wear a mask um 
while we only wear masks inside. So there's like a different belief, it seems to me. Yeah, here outside and even if you're alone outside, everyone's wearing masks. Although only 50% of the people, it seems to me, are able to wear their mask correctly. And something I also noticed in Switzerland. Yes, apart from that, all the cafes, all the places are open. Life is like going as ever. Whenever one wants to enter a shop or something, they take your temperature and their sanitizer and they spray it directly on your hands and make sure that uh, you have it. The only thing I noticed, which is a bit different, like in a lot of Uber cabs and rickshaws, there is now like this pla- like kind of a plastic wall, which I think is supposed to protect like driver and customers and make sure they don't have too much, I don't know, they don't mingle too much. And that for some reason has led... Well, that's what I think. To me, having a lot less conversations with Uber drivers and with rickshaw drivers, that's a bit sad. But in general, I feel like when I look at my friends, um, there are like two extremes. Those people who haven't come out for a year, who are like, will sanitize everything, who only just started again to step out of the house, who are very cautious. And people who really, to say it like that, don't give a fuck at all. They meet everyone, they eat from the same plate, they don't, like, nothing. Like, where you could think there's no COVID. So there's very little people in between. Yes, but I think I'm still observing, like, what all has actually changed. Then, of course, I'm realizing a lot of other things, uh, again, that are different here since I've come here. Like, for example, I'm always surprised how much time I actually spend with friends. One is with people, it seems like 24-7 and I already know that when I go back to my country I will definitely miss this. But at the same time it also makes for not having not so much time to think and not so much time for yourself. And uh, in the beginning I, that was annoying but now even when I have time for myself I feel like oh maybe I would like to have people with me right now. So it's like, I don't know, it's it's interesting how I start to adapt to this again. And but still always have to get my time where I can reflect about research and all. Another thing I'm realizing is that somehow I sleep a lot less here. I think because I wake up very early in the morning when traffic starts again. So there's only few hours when I can actually like properly sleep or also the light starts comes very early. I mean, in general, it's a different rhythm. Things only open around 11, 12, but you live more into the night and all of that. And I suddenly realized like, wow, why am I always so tired if I go to bed so late and get up relatively early because I cannot sleep anymore? Like, why are my other friends not bothered by this? And then I realized that a lot of them sleep during the day. But for some reason, I cannot do that. I feel like, ah, no, I have to be productive. Sleeping is for the night or whatever. And I'm starting to think that I might should adapt more to this rhythm, but I don't know yet how and if I can. Then something really cool happened the other day, like I just wanted to drop off at a friend's place, but there was a huge party happening. It was someone's birthday. I have seen that person before. I don't know him very well, but before I knew it, I was sat down and I was given a wine glass and then I was there like enjoying that party. And there were a couple of people who like started to put on different Hindi songs and people were dancing and... Uh, there was one moment which was very special to me because there used to be this Shah Rukh Khan movies when I was a kid. 
which I was watching, like Kabi Kushi Kabi Gum and other movies, which used to come on Sundays in TV, and I think I also had the DVD. And somehow I knew all the songs from these movies when I was like little because I already there really liked, I don't know, I liked Bollywood for some reason. So now uh, some of these songs came and like people here were like knowing the lyrics and singing because I had never known the lyrics. I was just singing what I was hearing. And I also, only now I start to understand what the songs actually are about. But there are people like knowing the lyrics and they know exactly the kind of steps which, uh, the dancing steps which happen in Bollywood to exactly this song. So they would be there and would dance to that song which I had loved so much at, when I was a kid. And I was like, why does no one else listen to this music when I was little? And it was like so, like a dream come true, basically a childhood dream come true that there were people like singing and knowing the lyrics and making exactly these dance moves and all of them danced so well. I was truly intimidated because I don't, they were always like, join us, join us. And I was like, I don't know how to make these moves. While it seems like you all know choreographies of which I have no clue. <laughs> But uh, it was really a childhood dream came true in a way. Then the other day I had a rather unpleasant experience. I was in an Uber and I already had a weird feeling when I got into the car. It was like an older man driving. But when he started to drive, he opened another app to like look at the route and not Uber, didn't follow the Uber instruction. And I was already there like, this is kind of weird. But okay, so, I don't know, every 10 minutes I kept checking if he still drives into the right direction. And I was a bit distracted because I was on the phone with my sister. So he had kind of a phone holder in front where he had his phone in. And then I saw that he was kind of putting on the, on camera mode, on selfie mode. And I was like, what is this? But then I thought, okay, he might, was a mistake. He just tapped onto the wrong bottom or icon or whatever. But then after a while, I saw him again in selfie mode and kind of trying to bring himself with me in the back in the frame and trying to click pictures while he was driving and looking, should have been looking at the road. So I got like really angry and I shouted to him in Hindi like, what the fuck do you think you're doing? And then he got really scared. And uh, then he said, oh, no, 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 it was a mistake. And I was like, yeah, for sure. But then uh, he got intimidated enough because I think he didn't expect that, that he then dropped me at the right place and well, it was fine. And I gave him quite a bad rating. But a lot of friends afterwards said like, oh, you should have reported him. He should have lost his job, this and that. But for some reason, I couldn't bring it over my heart because I thought, okay, this guy, I don't know. I don't want this person to lose his job. Maybe, I mean, a lot of people always want to take a picture of me here or in general of white people. So maybe he thought that, he will not be able to ask for my permission in English, so he'll just do it without my permission. So maybe there was not even something disgusting behind this. It was just, I don't know what. And then, I don't know, it was a very unpleasant situation. And yeah, I didn't like it at all. But I was kind of relieved to see like how I regained control of the situation the moment that I shouted at him in Hindi. So from that moment on, I kind of felt safe again. And I think... That was good. In general, also, when I'm on the road, on the streets in Delhi, a lot of times, like, I realize that I am still, whenever poor people come or, like, the kids play music on the on the red light or people come to beg or people with babies or 
mutilated people and this and that when like people come and pack for money I mean I still very standardly I say like no 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 but at the same time I realize that I get more and more touched by by it I'm like not able to shrug it off so easily again maybe because I just came back into that context where this is normal but yeah I don't know for example there are the other day I I was in the in a rickshaw and I drove by a whole line of people squatting and there was food distributed and I felt like fuck like one one needs to do something about this like this is so crazy and so unfair and I noticed that all of these people I don't know all the beggars are not wearing masks because probably they cannot afford it and well why should they have masks if they have nothing else and also every time like I'm in a rickshaw and then kids come and they beg and they touch me and this and that I am always kind of staring at the back of the rickshaw driver and I'm wondering what is this person thinking about me? Will he be thinking, oh, this woman is so rich, why can she not share a little bit of her money with these people? Or on the other hand, I think that he must be really used to it because they drive around there all the time, like they half of their day they get to see these kind of things. But I'm realizing that I'm not so immune to all of it anymore as I used to be. Maybe it will come back. I mean, still my actions are, but somehow inside I am not. Then I want to talk a little bit about my research. So at the moment, I'm still facing the problem that whichever friends I want to talk to about in between, and I ask them if they know people that are in between, everyone tells me, oh, you know what, interview me because I am in between. And a lot of times the in-betweens they are suggesting me somehow don't fit with my idea of the in-between. Like a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just changing my job. I'm like in between two jobs or I'm leaving my career. For some reason, I orient myself new in my life and oh, this is in between or I'm so confused what to do. This is in between. And a lot of times I feel like this is not in between or not the in-between I'm looking for. And or they just suggest me a lot of foreigners living in, in India or married to Indian people. And then again, I have to push them away and say like, no, for some reason, this is not the in-between I'm looking for. And by now, I also feel like it's hard to find the kind of in-between I'm looking for. And I wonder if it's just constructed in my head, maybe, in the sense that I'm trying to find something out there, which maybe, yeah, only exists in my mind and like... Should I work with what I get or should I look on? And I also asked my supervisor that. And so at the moment, I'm kind of struggling a little bit with this. And I feel like I have different sets of strings or clues in my hands and I'm, which I'm going to follow. So one thing, for example, is that I discovered like what I would say a community of German speaking people in Delhi, very close to my house, actually. And they all structure around church, it seems. So the community has Catholics and Evangelic people. And like every two weeks, like every week, they, they change. Once it's the Catholic priest uh, preaching and then the next week, an Evangelical mass and so on. So I started to go to church, even though I haven't been to church in a long time, every Sunday and kind of because I had a contact in this group because within this community there is a, a club of women I've talked about them before who came to India like 40 years ago a lot of very old women uh, married Indian husbands have been there since ever since then and a lot of them their husbands already died but they still kind of don't seem to be able to go back and live in Germany Austria or whatever again so they are still there and they seem to be very interesting and they seem to have that kind of in-between because at the same time, 
they seem to have become too Indian to go back, but at the same time, they are like part of this German community here. So I really want to talk to them. So I had a contact within, there's also another group for international women there, and I had a contact in the group and they they told me like, why don't you come to church? Like we all go there and let's get to know each other. So that's what I've been doing. And um, moreover, I was like, I had several short interviews already one very interesting one between with a guy between North and South India who has grown up in the North and in the South and who talks about some value conflicts and uh, how just questions like confusions about how should one behave, which codes of conduct from which world, so to speak, should, should one use and so on. And again, in this German community, there is also the thing that I don't know, they really try to help me to find, like a lot of people try to help me to find people who are in between, but so far I got uh, introduced to a lot of people from different embassies, like German, Swiss and Austrian embassy, and a lot of people who live there and they were like, oh, they could fit your research and this and that. But at the same time, I thought, or I felt like, again, this is not exactly the kind of in-between I'm looking people who change country every three years I'm not sure if they have the same transformation or the same kind of, yeah, engagement with the context. So, but again, let's see. Like my supervisor said, maybe it's enough. Like just let let yourself be guided by what you find in the field. Let these people for once tell you what in between is. So let's see what's going to happen on that front. So I also found a couple of other people I, I have already talked to or I will be talking to, like... Uh, people in interfaith marriages and one interesting project was also I talked to an Instagram people who founded an Instagram page called the India Love Project where they portray marriages that cross boundaries so intercaste, interfaith or queer marriages or whatever like international binational marriages and they like show the stories of these people and they have only started like four months back. But I, yeah, I talked to one of the founders and they were so incredibly nice. And they also suggested me a couple of people who are in such relationships and who will also be moving between different worlds and have a lot to talk to. I could also speak to a counselor who counsels such couples or maybe also such individuals in between. So that was also quite interesting. So at the moment, I'm keep trying to find different people and yeah, trying to find out what I actually am interested in and who could be important for me. So I'm still kind of searching. Then uh, the last thing I want to share is... Uh, that I went back to old Delhi because I had to get something done in that area. And whenever I'm in old Delhi, I find it so interesting because I feel like that's the way that my friends imagine my India to be, like that I'm surrounded by monkeys and cows and dirt and play, the place being so crowded and so many dogs and so loud and so much honking and... Uh, the cables which are out like everywhere and, and a lot of things and which is of course not my daily Delhi at all whenever I am in old Delhi I'm so lost and it's exactly as 
super orientalist <laughs> like how people would imagine it but somehow every time I go there I kind of feel like I'm learning something new or I'm I don't know I always encounter some little stories and take them with me so I was I have a friend who has a shop that sells curtains in old Delhi so I he told me just come over to my shop and uh, you need curtains for your house and that I was like yes let's do it I've been at his shop before but uh, since it was in old Delhi I knew that I'm too scared to go there alone so I asked a friend like I asked around who would want to come with me and then there was one friend oh I anyway have to do something there you know what let's go together so we did that and uh, we reached old Delhi in a rickshaw and uh, there already started like one interesting thing happened so we were just standing there like orienting ourselves where we have to go when a man was stepping towards my friend and was like starting to speak to him and the man was like I don't know he carried himself with a lot of dignity for some reason and he said to him in Hindi I don't want any money but uh, I want some food like there like some culture there was like a a guy selling culture like some kind of bread with a little bit of vegetables and my friend didn't hesitate a second so he went and bought him a culture which is not very expensive but then gave it to him and then I asked him like did I understand that right he he just said very straightforward I don't want money but I just want food can you buy me this and he was like yes and then my friend said like yeah that's what he said because he's not a beggar he's just poor and that sentence for some reason was like sticking with me as well as this very dignified attitude in which the guy asked us so straightforward so I don't know something about it was special I haven't seen that many times especially not in India and um, yes so after this we went to my friend's shop and it was very interesting and it was fun and we visited the place the storage places we had chai with them we saw all the different curtains and fabrics and yeah, even though he's actually just a wholesaler and he doesn't do retail sales, so he only sells like 50 curtains and not just three as we bought. <laughs> but uh, he did it for us like a special, I don't know, special favor to me. Yeah, so after this, we had to get my friend's thing done. So he wanted to buy a leather bag or fix the one he already had. So apparently in Old Delhi, in one of the gullies, you can find Asia's biggest bag market although I still have problems believing that this is really Asia's biggest bag market but apparently it is so we wanted to go there so again like we had to we were taking a cycle rickshaw but it was a motorized one it's like kind of with an e-bike and I really realized that since COVID it seems there were not many foreigners there because I, I got so much attention like everyone was staring at me and when we were like crossing a street or something and the streets are really packed in old Delhi like I have problems seeing from one side end of the street to the other end because like there's there's cows cycle rickshaws people carrying carts full of goods people carrying I don't know some some long pipes or some long items two or three men carrying them and there's scooters and there's like a lot of hunking and everything is like you feel like they, there's not an inch of free space. It's like a sea of cars and a sea of vehicles and everything. It's it's like crazy. So people were really staring at me a lot. I got so much attention and sometimes you're like making space. I could go over the street. It was uh, very, very different. But uh, yeah, so then we reached that bag market and we roamed around there a little bit. And 
my friend bought his bag. And then because I had to go back, we decided to go and uh, get some food. To go there again, we needed a rig- like a cycle rickshaw. And this time it was not motorized. And we got a very interesting man to drive us there. So he was this old guy who seemed very humble, very friendly. But he was so thin and he was so tiny. And he had to kind of cycle and have both of us on it and be together. I think we were... I don't know, easily 120 kgs or whatever. So I was so impressed, like again, the way he handled traffic, like the way how, I don't know how he does it, how he leans on one side to the other side and navigates it. And most of the time it's like inches. And there's also, I'm always surprised, like whenever there is a gap in the traffic, like all people, there's no zipper principle, one go, you let one go and then you go. It's everyone tries to occupy that space. So that's why things get totally stuck all the time. And uh, it was like so interesting. Like the first thing I noticed, so I realized, okay, it's really, it's a matter of inches that you don't hit something else. So I was sitting on the cycle rickshaw, like on this, in this little cart back there, really making sure that my my legs and my arms would not stick out so that he definitely wouldn't hit anything. But my friend, he was talking and talking and he had like, would sit like with his legs wide open and his knees was coming out and this and that. And then the old man like <laughs> put his hand on his knees and put his knee kind of inside to make sure that he didn't get hit. And that was kind of already kind of cute. And then I don't know, there was also one part where it was like really when we went out of the of these narrow streets and kind of around to then again enter into the narrow streets, but it was really going uphill and <laughs> the little old man, he really had like, I was sweating and I think it was really difficult for him to maneuver. Then my friend got out and helped to drive the rickshaw, like helped to pull the rickshaw or like was at least walking next to it. And it was, uh, and I, they said like, no, no, you stay, you stay. And I felt like a little princess, not so comfortable, but that was also a cute moment. Like, because first the rickshaw driver insisted that my friend stays inside, but then he kind of laughed uh, and we started talking to him and it's just so interesting how lives can be so different. Like he told us that he has been doing this job since 15 years, that he's a Muslim. He prays five times a day and, uh, yeah, he sleeps outside on the street, basically. And whenever there is rain, uh, they, he's, he and other people are called into the mosque to sleep there, but else they sleep outside. And his family lives like three hours away, so I don't know how often he gets to visit them. And his day starts at five in the morning, where he moves like different goods from one <laughs> one of these narrow gullies to the other. And whenever he gets passengers on the way back, then he uses passengers as well, like us. Uh, but he was so humble and so good humored and so nice towards us. And he was like sharing his life and talking to us. Like I was so, I don't know, I was kind of so, I was so full of love for this man who, the way he did his work, how skilled he was, how, and how he talked to us. But I also, while he was <laughs> cutting across um, a lot of people in traffic and shouting here and there <laughs> and, and all of this. But I was just, again, like when I saw him or when I saw all of these people like carrying these heavy loads, I was like, wow, these are lives that are so far away from mine. They are like so different. And the way he treated us, I really liked it. And uh, then we reached that place and we had some food. And of course, I couldn't finish my paneer, so we got it packed and 
I kind of forgot about it. But then my friend was like, no, 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 we have to take it with us. And he was like, why don't we give it to someone? Because there were a lot of beggars there as well. And there's, there was like, I have seen that before that in front of certain restaurants, like the beggars, they line up, they squat on the floor, like improperly arranged in lines, waiting till the restaurant closes and then they will get the rest of it. Then uh, my friend gave the paneer to one of the guys in the line and as soon as he had given it, like something happened. I think one guy in the first row, he had said some curse, curse word or whatever, something negative. And then the owner of the restaurant like pushed him out of the line and beat him on the head. And it was like, it felt wrong. It felt like this man is playing God, basically. Because I thought if he's in the first line, he must have been waiting there forever. And now he got pushed out and now he will not get any, yeah, he will not get any food maybe. And then my friend, like, we were walking back and I was watching a lot of other poor people who came to back. I don't know, old women or young women with babies or kids or this and that. And I was thinking, like, with a lot of people, I silently thought maybe they would have needed the paneer more, maybe they. But then again, ah, it's so weird thoughts one is having. And then also my friend said, you know, I feel like that guy which I gave the paneer to, he would have had food anyway, would have had, would have gotten food anyway. Maybe we should have given it to the guy who was pushed out of the line or to someone else. And I was like, yeah, I feel the same. This is like, then I feel whatever I'm doing, it's, it's not enough what I'm doing, but I don't really know how to help. And most of the time I hesitate too much while my friends hesitate so little, not all of them, but some. It's like, I don't know, difficult thoughts. And uh, yeah, then we wanted to get home. And somehow we got stuck in traffic for two and a half hours. So at some point we went and had a sugarcane juice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and again, when we were like on the bike, the whole city seemed so hostile. And there was just, just, just an endless sea of cars everywhere. And like, it's hot and you're sweaty and it's dirty. And yeah, then there's a very different face of Delhi, but... I have to say, like, I really love being here and I love going to Old Delhi because I just feel like I'm I'm learning so much, like I'm having so many new thoughts and yeah, I just, I don't know, on some deeper level, it seems to broaden my mind. Mm-hmm.